Adults love their cars. According to 2021 census data, nearly 42 million households in the U.S. had access to one vehicle, while 47 million had access to two vehicles, and nearly 28 million households claimed to have access to three or more vehicles. That's a whole lot of cars. But aside from the actual purchase price of a car, we're also spending a lot of money maintaining those cars. Based on data from the U.S. Department of Transportation, Bureau of Transportation Statistics Automobile Profile, Americans spent more than $228 billion in 2020 just on gas and oil for their cars. And NerdWallet recommends budgeting about $127 to $174 for 12 months of car maintenance. But what are all these things that add to this total cost? Are there things that we can do on our own to keep the cost down? And how often do I actually need to get my oil changed? Start taking notes because this is Grown Up Stuff. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to another episode of Grown Up Stuff, How to Adults, the podcast dedicated to helping you learn about the world of adulting while also teaching you how to check the oil in your car. I am your carless but licensed driver, Molly, and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, the weekend motorcyclist, Matt Stillo. On this episode of the podcast, we're driving with our hands at 10 and 2 as we learn all about how to properly care for and maintain our cars. Matt, you look windswept. Were you out working on the old motorcycle? 
Not today. No, yesterday I did take it to the DMV in Coney Island, which was a oh. chilly ride as we get here into late November in New York City. But yeah, not today. This is just how the hair looks when I'm out of get out of bed. Ah, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. But I do actually feel like you do a lot of work on your bike yourself mm. to keep it like in proper working order. What are Debatable. some of the things that you well, I, I think, listen, I hear you. You're like, oh, I went to work on the bike this weekend. Oh, I was just like tinkering on the bike this weekend. You're doing things. Um, but what are some of the things that you're doing yourself to maintain it? And also, do you know how to check the oil in a motorized vehicle? I, I do, but that is low-hanging fruit when it comes to vehicle. It? It, it, it absolutely is. There's so many things that I do not know how to do. But I, the things that I do know how to do include, like, bare minimum. Like, I know how to patch a tire. Like, it's something that's that motorcycles that's are, are especially susceptible to is, like, getting a nail. Checking the oil is not as big of a deal as it seems. The color is really important. So you want it to be like, kind of, like, shiny and sort of, like, a clear. Like, if, it's, if it becomes cloudy. Translucent, or, or if you translucent, will. Translucent, yes. If it becomes, like, cloudy or darker, that can be one indicator that you might need to change it soon and also like the biggest thing really is like if you have a car no matter what it is like there's a manual that tells you like oh at thirty thousand miles rotate your tires or it so as long as you're like paying attention to those milestones and you're keeping track like i have a little like journal that tells me like i took it to the shop i did this i changed wow. the tires and so because i forget everything and you know this so <laughs> it's good to have a little like reference to look back and be like when was the last time that i did that and how many and all like keep like i changed the tires at this odometer smart. so that like you know i can see how many miles i've had the tires or i've had the chain fixed or or whatever but i do yeah i take it to i have a guy so <laughs> yeah you gotta have a guy, <laughs> yeah, if you have, have a guy if you have a car do you have like any like experience with maintaining cars i don't think i don't think so right you don't have a car i mean I had a car when I lived in Chicago. I think I figured out once how to add more washer fluid, which is important. Yeah. <laughs> it's bare minimum. Yeah. But I figured that out. I also love to clean my car, like vacuuming it out. It like feels like you're getting a brand new car each time. Oh, know? absolutely. And that's huge. Like I even notice a big difference when I like wash the bike that I, it just runs smoother. Mm -hmm. Like the, the gears aren't necessarily grinding together or anything like that. And that can be a huge part of maintenance that people often overlook. Well, I am so glad that we are talking about this right now because we've asked Jamie Page Deaton to return for a third time and to share all of her infinite car maintenance wisdom with us. The triple crown of being a grown-up. If anyone deserves it, it's Jamie. I'm Jamie Page Deaton, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Car Talk. I've been helping people buy and maintain their cars for almost 15 years now. And, as you may recall, Jamie also served as the executive editor for the U.S. News & World Report's Best Cars team, and as a member of the jury for the North American Car, Truck & Utility of the Year Award. Jamie, thank you so much for being here. So let's start with the very, very basics here, because that's what I'm all about. Why should we even care about car maintenance? Well, because your car is like your teeth. If you don't go to the dentist and you don't brush them, they're going to fall out of your head and you're going to have a much bigger bill in the end. And it is exactly the same with car maintenance. Like if you aren't taking care of your car, it is going to come back and bite you in the end. Because when something goes wrong and it will go wrong if you're not maintaining it, it's going to be that much more expensive. So even though it's like, oh, I don't want to spend, you know, 30 or $40 on an oil change, that's better than spending $4,000 on a new engine. 
that does not include labor, that does not include towing it. And so it's just, you got to take care of your car, especially, I mean, people will try and stretch out oil changes, but oil is the most important part of your car because, I mean, it's a lubricant. Your car has so many moving points that you really, really, really need to keep them lubricated. Otherwise, what happens is everything just seizes up, you know, worse than your uncle's back and you get left on the side (laughs) of the road. So we're talking about like lubrication and oil and engines. What about something like as simple as like washing your car? Could you consider like washing your car, keeping it clean, a form of maintenance? I consider it maintenance because I like to take care of my paint and I like my car to look nice. Where it really comes into and like bleeds over into definitely this is maintenance is if you live in an area where they put salt or they treat the roads or it snows at all, what they're treating the roads with is super corrosive. And so running your car, you know, through a car wash sometimes in the winter, not to get it clean so that it looks good, but to get the underside and make sure you spring for the undercarriage wash, um, that'll get all that corrosive material off the bottom of your car. But I mean, when it comes back to just washing it and waxing it for paint, it will help your paint, you know, last a little bit longer where you really do kind of want to wash it and be proactive about it. And apologies for this being graphic is but like, you know, when a bird poops on it or when leaves stick to it, because that if you don't wash it off right away, it could literally, you know, stain the paint. And so you just don't want to deal with it. But overall, if you don't mind having a dirty car, just keep the undercarriage clean. For the winter months, many experts recommend that you wash your car somewhere between every two weeks to once a month. The Roadside Assistance Program AAA also encourages drivers to wash their car after a big snowstorm or at other times when exposure to salt or other corrosive materials is higher. If you are someone who prefers to wash your car yourself rather than take it to a car wash service, AAA suggests making sure you try to wash it on a milder day if possible and to warm the car up prior to washing it. These things can help you avoid freezing your car doors shut. They also caution against using hot water over warm water as the hot water on cold glass can cause your windshield to crack. Aside from the regular car wash, emissions checks are another important part of maintenance that most states require by law in order to update your registration. Since most cars today already emit 60 to 80% less air pollution than earlier cars, a failed emissions check could also imply there may be something wrong with your car. So based on like the state that you live in, you could have like regularly scheduled like inspection uh, requirements or emissions checks. Can we consider that maintenance? You can consider it maintenance, but just keep in mind, they're not going to fix anything. They're just going to tell you that something is wrong. (laughs) And so then you have to take the next step and actually get it fixed. Now, what you do need to do and be a little bit careful of is, you know, if you take it to a mechanic for, you know, state inspection, they have a little bit of an incentive to be like, ooh, you can't pass unless you get this taken care of. Mm. And that's a little bit of a way that they can get some extra money out of you. So when you're in a situation like that, there are a couple of things you can do. One is know your owner's manual backwards and forwards, because if they're saying like, oh, I can't pass you because, you know, your brake pads are too thin. Look at the recommended replacement intervals for your brake pads. And if it's not near the interval, you can be like, "Hmm, I'm going to go and take it to the dealer and see what's going on there and see if maybe there's a recall or something like that. You'll still have to go get your car inspected. And maybe you do need your brake pads replaced. But at least you'll know for sure that it wasn't somebody just trying to kind of, you know, get an extra couple hundred bucks out of you. 
But it, I will say, like, I've lived in states where they don't have safety inspections and you see some really messed up cars on the road. So even if you live in a state where a yearly safety inspection isn't required, still take your car to a mechanic once a year and be like, hey, can you just like inspect everything just to make sure that the brakes will work when I press on them and like the car will turn when I move the wheel, things like that. Those inspections are separate from like the emissions check, right? Yeah. Emissions checks can vary not only by state, but by county. And emissions, they're not really a safety thing, but, you know, we all live on the planet and we'd like to keep it relatively clean. Right. And so basically it's checking to make sure that your car isn't polluting too much. And if you have a car, a lot of states do this, where if your car is over a certain age, it's exempt from the emissions testing. But what the emissions testing can do is it can really show up that something is wrong with uh, the emission systems. And so like the most common cause of like a check engine light is something going on with the emission system. And so getting that inspected, if it's failing, that can be your first clue that maybe it's time to have it looked at and maybe get fixed. Got it. What do you think is the amount that we should really set aside or budget for our annual car maintenance? That's a really good question. And I hate to give the answer of it depends, but it totally depends. Fair. So it depends on how expensive is your car? Is it like a specialized brand? You know, if you drive a BMW, expect to pay more in maintenance than somebody who drives a Kia. Like that's just a fact. Mm -hmm. The other thing to think about is how old your car is. Older cars do need to stay on top of them because things can break and start to go downhill quickly. Your belts could dry out and snap and things like that. So it's just one of those things where it's like, just kind of keep in mind the cost of labor and parts for your car, as well as how old it is, how many miles are on it. And then the other thing I would add, too, is where you live and how you drive it. So if you live in the middle of nowhere on, like, beautiful, smooth roads, I'm going to say you live in, like, Sonoma, yeah, you probably have less car maintenance to worry about than somebody who lives in Detroit because Detroit has snow. They have terrible roads that are going to be hitting a lot of potholes and things like that. And so you should budget more for maintenance if you live in an area or you're driving in a lot of traffic all the time, just because because your car is going to get more wear and tear if there's, you know, major potholes on the road and, you know, lots of stopping and starting. But in terms of like what actually to budget, I mean, I kind of budget it and this is weird. I budget for car maintenance alongside the budget that I do for my pets at the vet. Oh, okay. (laughs) So like roughly, I mean, we'll budget like roughly 500 bucks a year for car maintenance. Now, the thing to remember is though, like we actually budget it out. So at the end of the year, if we haven't spent 500 bucks, we don't go out and blow it on something. We roll it over to next year because those expenses are only going to increase. So now this is really interesting. You mentioned having it parallel with what you budget for your pets. And I was going to say, you know, pet insurance also kind of is something that people use to help take care of that cost for their like monthly or their annual vet bill for their pets. Now, does car insurance work at all the same way? Does car insurance ever cover any of our repairs? That doesn't cover any repairs that come from normal wear and tear. If you drive into a wall, yeah, car insurance is going to help you out, provided you have the right coverage. (laughs) The closest thing to health insurance for your car is extended warranty. The way that those work is it's basically an insurance policy where, you know, like any other kind of insurance, you're betting against the company and they're betting against you. So they're betting Mm. that, you know, they're going to pay out less in maintenance than you pay in your premiums. And then you're saying, I'm going to put these premiums away. And then when (laughs) I have a really big bill, it's going to be more than the cost of these premiums. The thing to remember, though, is these extended warranty companies, it's really, really interesting. They grab a massive amount of data on repairs based on year, make 
like model mileage. They basically have like actuarial tables for cars, just like a health insurance company would. And so they know exactly what's likely to go wrong with your car. And they've got a little bit more information than you do when you're making that bet. So if you just don't want to worry about it, then absolutely go ahead, get a new car with a really good warranty, go and get an extended warranty for your car. But just overall, if you can just budget and have like a standalone car account, a couple of things, you know, work in your favor. One, you'll have money when repairs need to be made. And then two, when it's time to replace your car, if you haven't spent all the money on repairs, put it in your down payment and you'll have a ton of money like already saved up for that. When you hear about like extended warranties, of course, we think about the robocalls that we get. But are there (laughs) any like scams that we need to be aware of when dealing with extended warranties? Where we see issues with people in extended warranties is they don't read the warranty carefully enough and then something goes wrong and it's not covered. So it's not just that you have to get an extended warranty. You have to get an extended warranty that covers what is going to actually go wrong with your car. The other thing that people do is they don't read and see that like they might have a really high deductible on these extended warranties. And so that's I don't want to say scammy, but that's just where people kind of make mistakes because extended warranties like anything else, it's capitalism. They're there to make a profit. (laughs) Right. So you've got to look at them a little bit, you know, give them a little bit of side eye and make sure that you're looking out for yourself because they're definitely not. It's true. It's like most things in life. It's you have to read the fine print and really knowledge is is the reward that you get. And I want to get back to you said we should read the manuals. And I know a lot of people are going to be upset that they have to read something. I'm furious. (laughs) I'm furious, Jamie. (laughs) But I kind of want to get more general, you know, like when and how often would you recommend, you know, outside of reading our manual and finding those milestones, would you recommend that we get maintenance done? Well, I mean, just the basic stuff. So I would say, you know, the general rule of thumb for oil changes, you know, 3,000 miles or three months. Now, there are new synthetic oil mixes on the market, so you can push that to like five months and 5,000 miles. Um, Dealers, by the way, hate those (laughs) because because, like they make a lot of money from oil changes. Now, I know you don't want to read your manual, but if your car is under any sort of warranty, you need to follow the maintenance schedule that's in there. Otherwise, you might void it, right? So let's say you don't ever get your oil change and your engine seizes up and you're like, haha, it's still under warranty. They're going to be like, show us receipts. Mm. Show us that you got the oil change and you did it at regular intervals. Beyond just kind of the oil changes, the maintenance that you should really never, ever, 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 ever skip on is your tires. Different types of tires have different longevities, but between 30 and 40,000 miles on a set of tires is what you should expect to get out of them. And there's a little test that you can do to see if you need new tires. You take a penny and you shove it in the tread with Abe's head upside down. And if you start to see Abe's head, you need to get new tires. And the other thing with tires is uh, do not ever, 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 ever buy used tires because you do not know how those tires have been maintained and you are just setting yourself up for a major headache and possibly, you know, killing yourself and other people on the road. So stay on tops of these issues and make sure that you are at least reading the terms of your warranty so you don't end up voiding that by not doing the basic maintenance that you need to do. So I'm super curious. We're talking about tires. Rotating your tires. Is that also a required maintenance? And what is the purpose of it? So the purpose of it is to keep the wear on your tires even. Because if your tires are like even just different heights, like even if the heights aren't off by all that much and you're never going to be able to perceive how off your tires are unless like you routinely transport like a cow 
in your passenger seat and, you know, you'll see the <laughs> springs going down and you'll see the tires have different wears. But it keeps your tires wearing evenly and you want your tires to wear evenly because that impacts how your car is going to handle and how it's balanced. So you really do want to rotate your tires. Usually it's based on, you know, manufacturer recommendation. About once a year, every 10,000 miles or so is a good basic interval to follow with it. One other thing about tires is if you have an all-wheel drive car, Mm -hmm. anytime you're buying tires, even if you just had one flat, you got to buy four tires. Wait, what? Huh? (laughs) Come again? (laughs) If you have an all-wheel drive car, you need to buy all your tires at the same time so that the wear will be even. And if you have a two-wheel drive car, so either front-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive, you need to buy tires in pairs. So let's say you get a uh, your back passenger side tire blows out. Congratulations. You've got to get a new tire on the other side as well. So tires that are on the same axle need to be replaced together. And when you've got all-wheel drive, congratulations, you're buying four tires at a pop. Replacing every tire? Okay, okay. So clearly car maintenance can be a pricey thing. Even replacing the tire pressure monitoring sensors can cost between $313 to $368 based on data from Kelly Blue Book. They also estimate that the average cost to repair a car can set an owner back $548. That's a lot of money. So how can we keep the cost of maintenance and repairs to a minimum? I mean, I know how to check the oil in a car, but what else makes sense for us to do on our own? And what's better left to the professionals? So as we've been talking about maintenance, I'm sure our audience is like, cool, so every so often I've got to take my car to a place and someone else is going to do the work. Is it possible for the average person to like maintain their car themselves? Yeah, absolutely. Now, you might not want to maintain it yourself just because in a lot of areas, there's a huge fee for the disposal of oil. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking, I'm going to do my oil changes myself, like don't just dump the oil on the ground, you terrible polluter. (laughs) But know that like sometimes the fee for disposing of the oil is more than the cost of getting somebody else to do the oil change for you. So check that out before you're like, I'm going to do that. But there are things that you can do on your own. Like you can go and you can check the fluid levels on your own and replace fluids. You just need to look at the level, get a funnel, go down to, you know, an auto parts store, buy whatever fluid it is you need. Maybe it's antifreeze, whatever it is. That's not that hard. It's also really easy to change your windshield wipers yourself. Um, You know, what you can do, depending on two things. One is how old your car is. Today's cars are very computerized. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it used to be where you could just wrench on it, you know, in your driveway and everything was very mechanical and analog. That just doesn't exist anymore. And it hasn't for about, you know, 15, almost 20 years. But you can still, you know, hop on YouTube and learn how to replace your brake pads. You can learn all this stuff. It's not that that hard. But just know that, let's say, you know, you fail your emissions inspection, that's computer controlled. You're not fixing that on your own. Mm. If you haven't changed your oil and your engine seizes up, you're not fixing that on your own. (laughs) So one of the biggest things that we see frequently is like the check engine light. What does the check engine light mean? And can I drive a little further on it or will the car implode immediately as soon as it goes on? It's just something is wrong in your emissions is basically what check engine means. Something is wrong kind of in the system between where the engine is working and the output. 
of the car, basically. Most of the time, the most common cause of a check engine light is you did not tighten your gas cap enough. So like what I would do in that case is, yeah, finish your drive. And then when you stop, check that your gas tank is tightened. And then the next couple of times that you start and stop your car, that should clear the code if that was indeed the issue. Mm. If it doesn't work, well, then you need to take your car in. But you can finish, you know, your drive or you can let it wait until the weekend or two weeks out until you get, you know, an appointment with a mechanic or something like that. But you do want to have it looked at. Now, there is kind of a secret hack. Lay it on me. And this is not the hack of putting a piece of electrical tape over the check engine light so it doesn't bug you <laughs> I can't see it. It's not there. Out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> but basically, you can buy a code reader. And so a code reader is this tool that your um, mechanic is going to plug in to your car to see exactly what's wrong and causing the check engine light. Hmm. So you can buy these. They're not expensive. They're less than 50 bucks. Just go to like AutoZone and get one. And trust me, like everybody who works in an auto parts store, they are so nice. They will happily come out and show you how to plug it in. In a lot of cases, auto parts stores will run the code for you so you can just see what's wrong. And so you don't even need to buy the code reader. But um, what I absolutely love about the code reader is you can see a little code will pop up. You just need to look up the code. I mean, there'll be some Googling and stuff and, you know, you'll have to find out exactly what the code means. But you can look at it and be like, oh, OK, well, that's not that bad. I'm, you know, maybe it's just a blown sensor. Other times you're going to be like, we should get that fixed right away. That seems like a really great tool before taking it to a mechanic to make sure that they're not telling you it's something else. Yeah. Now, I will say they likely have a better code reader than you do. Okay. So just because it's not showing up on yours, there might be other issues going on. But it does help you kind of take what they say, like with a grain of salt. So like if they're coming out and saying you need ABC and your code reader is only showing D, I would ask them why. Mm -hmm. You'd say, I've got this code reader. It showed this. Why isn't it showing up on yours? Why is yours showing totally different things? And, you know, a good mechanic will be totally fine with explaining that to you. Okay. Um, somebody who's shady might get a little bit like defensive or mad at you. And then you're like, all right, I didn't know. I'll go someplace else. Molly and I have uh, found out that my new favorite word to say in relation to the show is prudent. Um, <laughs> and so my next question is, um, is it prudent to comparison shop when we're trying to find a mechanic? Yes, absolutely. I mean, if your car is still under warranty, take it to the dealership. Mm -hmm. It's free, you know, and you'll know that they'll be doing the work that honors the warranty and you'll have really good receipts and a service record that will be easily accessible if you ever need to make a warranty claim. Like even if you throw out the paperwork, the dealer's still going to have it. But once you're kind of out of warranty, it's a little bit of the wild, wild west, but that's kind of good because you do have to shop around a little bit. You can go, I mean, there's websites. Um, one of the ones I like is carmd.com. There's also repair pal, you know, you can plug in your year make model and what you think is wrong and they will recommend, you know, mechanic shops in the area. And they also can track prices for the work that you need to have done. But just, you know, spending a little bit of time on the phone and calling around, if it can save you a couple hundred bucks, then absolutely go for it. Now, can you just drop in and say, hey, I need my car fixed. I'm going to leave it here. Or do you need to make an appointment with a mechanic? You usually need to make an appointment with a mechanic. Most mechanics, especially kind of the larger shops, will have a service writer. And the service writer is the person that you deal with. You go in. They're the person where you, you know, might make the funny noise that your car is making. But pro tip, <laughs> if your car is making a funny noise or doing something funny, take a video of it. 
because sometimes they'll be able to diagnose it, you know, from a video. But when you're working with the service writer, what they're going to do is they're going to give you an estimated bill ahead of time. And, you know, that bill can change because they might find something that they weren't anticipating, you know, when they open things up. The initial diagnosis could have been incorrect. But a reputable shop, and most states have laws about this, is they can't go beyond what you initially agreed to without getting your permission. You had mentioned a service record. And so I'm curious, what exactly is that and why might it be important to keep one? So your service record is basically your car's like health record. And like when a car is new and getting most of its maintenance done under warranty at the dealership, the dealer is going to keep a running file on that car based on the VIN, which is the vehicle identification number. And the reason that they're going to do that is they're sharing that information with the manufacturer. So the manufacturer can figure out like, ooh, we really messed up that engine. It breaks a lot. We should change something. Like that helps them build, you know, better cars. Once you kind of move out of the dealer ecosystem, it's a little bit on you to maintain your car service record. Mm. And so you can do the super high-tech method that I do, which is anytime I get my car fixed, I just shove the bill in, <laughs> in my glove compartment. <laughs> and then like, I've always got it if something goes wrong, because the bill will lay out exactly what was done. And so if you're like, man, I thought I just had this done, you can go back and pull it out and see what the date of it is. And you'll have a full record of your car's history. And when it comes time, you know, to sell the car, you'll be able to say like, hey, look, I, I took care of this. Pay me more for it. And at the same time, you know, you'll also be able to make better warranty claims if you've been maintaining your car appropriately. We'll be right back with more Grown Up Stuff, How to Adult after a quick break. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. 
And we're back with more grown-up stuff, How to Adults. We've talked about oil changes and how important those are. And the quality or type of oil you're putting in your car can be just as important as how often you're changing it. But can the same be said for the type of gas we put in our cars? Now, I'm a regular fuel kind of human, and most of the cars that I've driven haven't required more than that basic level. But every once in a while, I'll find myself borrowing a car and the owner will tell me it takes premium. But here's my question. Does it really need premium? With national gas prices at roughly $3.24 a gallon, according to AAA, who wants to spend extra on something that's going to do the same thing? So I have to ask, can we potentially fuel up with any type of gasoline? So first, the basic thing is there's gas and then there's diesel. Use diesel if you have a diesel engine. Use gas if you have a gas engine. You'll know, like it'll be all <laughs> over your car, <laughs> like the kind of gas to use. Mm -hmm. And so when you're looking at like gas, you know, there's usually like the cheap stuff, the mid-grade, the super premium stuff. Right. There's a key word that you need to look at either in your owner's manual or when you open the gas flap, mm -hmm. there's a sticker on the little door. Right. And it'll say either... 93 octane recommended or 93 octane required. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Now, this is where it gets a little bit gray. You can go ahead and use, you know, cheaper gas. Just know that, like, over time, it might make that your engine not run so well. This will only really be noticeable if you're, like, a super passionate high-end sports car driver. And you're going to be like, I'm not quite getting all 400 horsepower. This only feels like 375. <laughs> but if you're just like driving around in a Toyota Camry, mm -hmm. go for the cheap stuff, right? And then, you know, even if you're like me, I have a Volvo. It says that it wants 91 octane, which I do. Well, you know, it's not all the time. And then other times I'm like, 89 is fine for you today. Um, <laughs> so it's just kind of like, what do you want for your car? Do you really want to baby it? Or are you fine with it taking, you know, some knocks? Mm -hmm. Now, the one thing, and this is where it gets a little bit hinky, is... If you're making a warranty claim and it said required and they can prove that you weren't filling it up with the really good stuff 100% of the time, then that claim might be denied. So I'm not recommending that everybody keep every single one of their gas receipts. But definitely, like, if you're taking your car in, that tank better be full of 93 octane to make sure that, you know, you don't get caught. We mentioned earlier the importance of washing your car if you live in areas with snow where roads are treated with things like salt. But winterizing your car is about more than just a bi-weekly undercarriage wash. For some, it means switching out your all-season tires for winter tires. If you're my dad, it means adding sandbags to the trunk of your minivan. But what's the best way to keep our cars healthy through the winter, especially if winterizing means storing it somewhere? Every year in New York, I always put my bike to sleep for the winter. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if we are going to like put our vehicle into cold storage, what are some things that we need to think about right before we put it away for a while? First, I would reconsider it. Like if you can leave it with somebody to just drive like 10 miles a week, 
that's going to be better for the car. Because again, like there's so many moving parts. The worst thing that you can really do for a car is let it sit there. And so keeping those parts moving will keep it lubricated and all that good stuff. But if you can't do that and you're putting it in storage, a couple of things. One is you'll want to use some fuel stabilizer because your gasoline can go bad if it's sitting in your tank for a long, long time. The other thing is you're going to want to hook up what's known as a battery minder. And it's just basically a thing that will keep your battery from dying. And then the last thing, and this is the thing that a lot of people skip, is put it up on jacks. Don't let it sit on its tires because the tires sitting in the same place all the time, that's going to create just basically a flat section of that tire. Mm -hmm. And those tires aren't going to work quite as well if they've just been sitting still and have gotten a plateau from that. So just put it up on jacks. Now we're talking about storage. What about winterizing? What are some of the things we need to do to winterize our cars, whether we're keeping them in storage or driving? My dad, in one of our cars, he would put sandbags in the back of the car. Is that a thing? It's totally a thing. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't maintain your car. It just helps you get out of stuck positions. So, okay. yeah, there, there are a number of things that you can do to winterize your car. One is if you live in an area that gets a lot of snow, get some winter tires. Because the all-season tires that your car probably came with, they're not going to help you stop in a snowstorm. So get those winter tires. And, you know, a lot of people will think, oh, you know, I live in Boston. I need all-wheel drive. When really, like, a front-wheel drive car with winter tires will perform pretty close to an all-wheel drive car in terms of not getting stuck. So that's number one. Number two, put those emergency supplies in your car. Blanket, water, food, just in case you get stuck in a giant snowbank somewhere. Is it overkill to have a shovel? It is definitely not overkill to have a shovel because if you get stuck in the snow, you can, you know, dig some of the snow out. But when you're talking about like your dad putting sandbags in the back, that is likely the car that he's had was a rear wheel drive car. The problem with rear wheel drive cars, all of the power is going to the wheels in the back. The problem with that is all of the weight of the car, like the engine, is in the front. Mm. And so it's really hard to get traction in the snow. And so you want to put some weight in the back of your car. The other thing that you can do um, just for winterizing, make sure your windshield wiper fluid is full up mm. because you're going to be, you know, cleaning your windshield a lot because there's road spray and things. And so you might even just want to go at the start of winter and buy a couple of bottles of it so you are always have it on hand. The other thing that you can do, and I've never done this, but I've heard of it, if you want to add something to your sandbags, and we know that like in wintertime, the inside of the car can fog up really easily. Yeah. Just carry an open container of kitty litter like a pan of kitty litter, like you have a cat living in your car, and that will absorb a lot of the moisture and help keep your windows from fogging up. What? And added benefit, you can have extra weight in the back of your car. The other thing that I like to use kitty litter for, if you do get stuck, spread some around your tires that have power. So if it's a rear-wheel drive car, put kitty litter all around the rear wheels. It's a front-wheel drive car, put it all around the front wheels. Not all around. You don't have to put it behind the wheels. And so it'll mm. give you enough traction to kind of get out of that, you know, whatever you're stuck in. Oh, that's great advice. So you're not supposed to be driving winter tires in any other season. Why is that? Well, because the rubber that they're made out of is a lot stiffer. And mm. so they're specifically made for like gripping snow. And when there's no snow on the ground, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's like, you know, cleaning your dishes with a vacuum cleaner. It's just not going to do as good a job. Yeah. And also, too, like you might notice this if you have winter tires on your car. They don't handle all that great. They're there to help your car stop in the snow. But for other situations, they're really not that good and not that fun to drive on. So just make sure that around the last snowstorm or a little bit after the last snowstorm, just go get them popped off and put your regular tires back on. Excellent. Jamie, I know you're also an expert in electric vehicles. 
What are some of the things that are different with electric vehicles that we need to consider in terms of car maintenance? Oh, my gosh. They have so much less maintenance. Really? Oh, yes. Car dealers hate electric cars. And the reason for this is where do they make a lot of their money? Oil changes. Guess what doesn't have oil? An electric car. And so like they have so many fewer moving parts simply because they don't have an engine. They have an electric motor. And so um, there's a lot less maintenance involved. You still have to worry about your tires. You still have to worry about, you know, your brakes. But electric vehicles are a lot more set and forget than gas powered vehicles. And that's one of the reasons why, like if they fit your lifestyle, highly, highly recommend an electric car because it just saves you money on gas. It saves you money on maintenance. It's just all around a better experience. The other thing too is they are wicked fast, like faster off the line than most gasoline cars. So you can be driving like a, I hesitate to say cheap because electric vehicles are still not that cheap, but you can be driving, you know, an electric Kia and smoke a BMW off the line. It's hilarious. Wow. Did not know any of that. That is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Also, saving the environment in a way. Saving the planet. Jamie, this is amazing. But I want to ask you, is there anything you think that people should know about car maintenance that they're often neglecting or forgetting about? Yes. And that is recalls. It's not exactly maintenance, but... You know, sometimes you get like a letter from your car company and it's like, oh, we have a recall. Like you need to take your car in and people don't do it. Um, (laughs) It's just so crazy that they don't because I think they don't understand that if your car is subject to a recall, the repair is free. Mm. You're not going to have to pay for anything. And then a lot of times, too, especially if you drive a car where you're not the original owner. And I mean, even if you are the original owner, you should go to safercar.gov and enter your car's VIN. It's going to be kind of under your windshield on the driver's side. Enter it in, register it there, and then whenever there is a recall, the government will email you. And so you'll be able to go in, and you don't have to wait for Ford to find you. You'll know about it. Yeah. And, you know, recalls, they can be a little bit scary. Sometimes it's just like they've put the wrong sticker on the door jam, and that triggers a recall. (laughs) Other times, they're like metal shards in your airbag, and you need to get that taken care of right away. I wish people could see my face right now because that's terrifying. Yeah, I mean, but the reason that you enter the VIN is you might hear like, oh, there is a massive recall on, you know, the 2018 Toyota Prius. That recall is likely only for certain cars that came off like the assembly line at about the same time. Mm -hmm. So you can run your VIN through there and your car may not even be subject to it, but always pay attention to recalls because, again, It might be something minor, like, hey, we just got to replace this sticker. But it could also be something that kills you and burns your house down. So better safe than sorry. (laughs) No big. Yeah, no big. big. (laughs) Wow. Jamie, this has been amazing. I've just learned a lot as a novice uh, maintenance person. Incredible. Jamie, where can people find more of your great helpful tips and insights on car maintenance, on car care, and all things cars? Cartalk.com. Right there. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jamie. Well, I can promise you this. Registering my car with the government to know about recalls is going to be one of the first things I do if I ever actually acquire a vehicle of my own. There will be no spontaneous combustions or glass-filled airbags on my watch. Here's what else I've learned about car care from our conversation with Jamie. Washing your car can be an important part of its maintenance. And during the winter, it's going to be especially important to keep the undercarriage clean. Extended warranties can be like health insurance for your car. 
your regular auto insurance won't cover general wear and tear repairs, but an extended warranty might. Remember to review the paperwork carefully, though, to make sure it actually makes sense for what you may need. Ugh, I guess it's super important to read your owner's manual for your car or whatever. It's not the most exciting reading, but it will definitely help you take the best care of your car and avoid potentially overpaying on certain services. Never buy used tires. Purchasing a code reader can help inform what's going on in your car when you have a check engine light. If your car is making a funny noise or doing something out of character, take a video with your phone so that you can share it with your mechanic ahead of time to help them better diagnose the problem. It's never a bad idea to hold on to all of your bills from your mechanic so that you have a record of what you've had fixed and when. This will come in handy if it's still under warranty or if you're trying to sell it later. It's always a good idea to have some emergency supplies in your car during the winter months. Include things like a flashlight, blanket, water, snacks, a shovel, and maybe even some kitty litter to keep things from fogging up and to help get unstuck in snowy situations. And finally, the secret no one wants you to know, electric vehicles require far less regular maintenance. That's all for today's episode. Thank you again to the very informative and wonderful Jamie Page Deaton. Sadly, I now have something new to feed my anxiety with, and I don't even own a car yet. But forewarned is forearmed, and I do feel more prepared now for that step of adulthood. Matt, what's next on Grown Up Stuff? Goodness gracious, are we here already? We'll be back in two weeks for our season one finale, where we will teach oh you goodness. how to navigate the grocery store like a grown up with purpose, how to avoid classic pitfalls, what to buy, and how to save money. I've got some strategies for this. Like, I try not to go grocery shopping hungry. Oh. It's always a mistake. Never. But hopefully I can also learn how to leave a Trader Joe's during the fall and winter without buying everything pumpkin, apple, or peppermint flavored because I fucking love a seasonal item and I just cannot help myself, Matt. I mean, the JoJo's, the dark chocolate JoJo's. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. I have a quick question. Though. Are you saying groceries or groceries? Yeah. I say grocery. How do you say it? I say gross. Gro okay, now I don't know. Gross. Gro I'm going to the grocery store. Grocery. <gasps> I think I say grocery Did too. Did you say it the same way? I don't. Okay. Well, look, we'll find the, out. The point is, yes, we will find out for sure in two weeks on the next episode of Grown Up Stuff, How to Adult. And remember, you might not be graded in life, but it never hurts to do your homework. This is a production from Ruby Studio from iHeartMedia. Our executive producers are Molly Sosha and Matt Stillo. This episode was engineered by Matt Stillo and written by Molly Sosha. This episode was edited by Sierra Spreen. We want to thank our teammates at Ruby Studio, including Ethan Fixell, Rachel Swan Krasnoff, Amber Smith, Deborah Garrett, and Andy Kelly. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. 
Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.